Thank you for listening to Mormon Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Rio. I want to make you aware of a cool new feature that I've added to the podcast website. It's a bookstore. In the bookstore, we sell the books of the authors that we interview, as well as many other valuable resources to help you in your faith journey. We've got items on historical issues within Mormonism that come from a faithful perspective, as well as books and materials to help you in a difficult faith transition. Please check out the website today, mormondiscussionpodcast.org, and click the link, Bookstore. And now, onto what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion. I'm your host, Bill Real. Grateful to be with you today. Today I want to talk about a scripture in the New Testament that has been pretty impressive to me, something I've thought about over the years. It's found in John chapter 16, verse 7. Let me read it. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, I've I've thought about this passage a lot especially since Jesus says that he has to leave so that we can have something better. I have a hard time fathoming what's better than Jesus in the flesh. As far as what it means, it's a pretty deep theological question, and I will certainly leave it up to others to come up with their own interpretation, but I wanted to offer mine. Here's my thought. It's the outward Christ versus the inward Christ. In other words, we're talking about placement of authority. Now, we've been talking a lot lately about Fowler's stages of faith. Fowler's stage of faith, uh, stage three, somebody's very black and white. But more importantly, the authority for their beliefs are extrinsic. There are authorities in the world, and they trust those authorities to give them the truth, the whole truth, the complete truth. And if new truth is given, they know that the authorities will have it and they will pass it along. This extrinsic authority can easily be seen. Anytime somebody is asked a question about what they believe, they will give answers like, I follow my leaders, or we have been given leaders, and so we need to follow them. That's where safety is. And I'm not disagreeing with that idea completely. But you can tell when when you're talking to someone about an issue like abortion or the word of wisdom or how to pay tithing, that rather than standing on one's own ground, they will point to uh, outward sources of where their beliefs come from. Now, it's not that someone in later stages, for instance, someone in stage four begins to realize that the authorities don't quite know all the truths that they thought that those authorities did. And stage five will place that authority completely intrinsic. Now, it's not that person in stage five would not trust prophets to be vehicles of truth, but it's that they've come to their own grips of being able to measure whether something is truth or not and choose within themselves what they're going to believe and what they're not and what ground they're going to hold. This conversation may sound completely silly to some, but I know that there's a lot of you out there who will shake your head yes and understand that this makes sense and it feels right to you. So my thought as I looked at this John 16, 7, and thought about placement of authority, 
I thought to myself that Christ knew that as long as he remained with them, they would ignore their inner Christ and they would trust outward outward authorities such as him. It just feels like the Savior perhaps is pushing for us to trust our inward authority or the spirit of the law as it is witnessed to us from Christ through the Holy Ghost. And the gospel kind of works this way. Uh, The gospel starts off with lots of thou shalts and shalt nots. God gives us commandments. And we actually validate this in the gospel, right? I mean, Moses comes down from the mount with the Ten Commandments written on on stone. And those Ten Commandments are thou shalts and thou shalt nots. But not only that, on top of that, whether it's God or whether it's the people in God or whether it's just the people, there there's these additional hundreds and hundreds of rules that make up the Law of Moses. And in the Law of Moses, the idea is that all of these rules are just spelled out. This is the letter of the law. These are the things you have to do. And if you break them, there are penalties for each. And then today in the church, we recognize that we're living by the law of the gospel. There's less rules and there's more emphasis on your heart and on love, but there still are rules. And then you come to the law of consecration, which really the only rule is to love God and to give of yourself to help and serve another. And so even Heavenly Father on some level has different laws, different sets of rules or modes to live by that he gives to each of his children at various points during different dispensations. And the scriptures teach this way as well. The scriptures are often laying out rules and telling us what we have to do. The, you know, thou shalt not lie and the liar shall be thrust to hell. And we have lots of that. But we also have something very different in the scriptures as well. While there are tons of rules, tons of thou shalts and shalt nots, there's also this idea that God is calling us to, to something greater. My, my favorite example of this is Moroni chapter 7. Chapter 7 verse 15, 16, and 17. For behold, my brethren, it is given unto you to judge, that ye may know good from evil, and the way to judge is as plain that ye may know with a perfect knowledge as the daylight is from the dark night. For behold, the Spirit of Christ is given to every man, that he may know good from evil. Wherefore, I show unto you the way to judge. For everything which inviteth to do good and to persuade to believe in Christ is sent forth by the power and gift of Christ. Wherefore, ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of God. But whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do evil and believe not in Christ and deny him and serve not God, then ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of the devil. So let's go back to this John 16.7. Think about this, right? As long as Christ is in front of us, as long as he is physically standing there, we are going to absolutely be hesitant to make any kind of decision on our own. We're going to prefer to simply wait for him to give an answer. We're going to have very little progress, very little growth as we simply wait on the feet of Jesus. But Jesus doesn't want that. Jesus does start off first in the apostles' kind of infant stages, bottle-feeding them. Just as the God of the Old Testament gave rules, Jesus speaks to them in parables. He gives them 
strange answers. He tells them things that seem may perhaps even offensive. At times he would stretch them, but as long as he was there, they could not move beyond the physical in the black and white world. Jesus left them physically so that they would listen to him spiritually. And I truly believe God is calling us to do the same. Let me share with you another translation of this John 16, 7. And I'll start with uh, verse 5 and work my way to verse 11. This is John 16, 5 through 11. But now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Concerning judgment, because of the ruler of this world is judged. So there's this idea that the Savior says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. I'd like to kind of wrap up just sharing this idea that in the church, we have outward authorities. Specifically, we have prophets, seers, and revelators. Now, I love these men, and I trust these men to be vehicles for truth. But I do not believe them to be the ultimate source of truth, nor will I follow them when they are wrong, simply because I'll be blessed for it. Neither do I trust every word that comes out of their mouth to be the mind and will of God, nor do I even believe that the things which they believe to be the doctrines and standards of our Heavenly Father, that those are 100% correct and on the dot. So while most members of the church believe, trust, and follow blindly and will do simply anything or hold any ground, ground that the extrinsic authorities lay out before them, I've realized that I'm going to have to allow Christ to leave physically so that I can trust the authority of Christ within me intrinsically. And so I've had to let go of seeing prophets, seers, and revelators as the absolute source of Christ's truth and begin to realize that within me is the Holy Ghost. And that as Moroni chapter 10 says, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. It is my prayer that each of us will begin to let go of extrinsic authorities as the absolute source of truth and realize the importance of discovering the Holy Ghost within yourself as the intrinsic authority of Christ. Now, I don't want you throwing out prophets, seers, and revelators. In fact, I hope and pray that you can find ways to hold on to them as vehicles of truth, as sources of truth but that within your own soul you find the ultimate source of truth, the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, and may the Lord warm your shoulders. Amen. All the pain is gone but I remain
Say what?